Well, today I do have the privilege of sharing a message that God's laid in my heart that I believe is going to help us step into this new season together. And uh, it's, it's a message about the battle, that we're in a battle. And if you're taking notes this morning, my message is entitled, What Battle? What Battle? If you're not taking notes this morning, my message is still entitled, What Battle? What ba- Online, put in the comments now, What Battle? What Battle? I think uh, one of the greatest lies the enemy has to tell the people of God is that there is no battle, that what you do doesn't count, what we, what we stand for doesn't matter, that we're just living life as we're living life, that life is all that the eye can see is what the world would say, but we know that life is more than the eye can see. Isn't that true? The Bible says don't focus on the things that are seen that fade away, but focus on the things that are unseen that are eternal. And so you and I, we together are part of a battle that has eternal consequences, that has eternal rewards, that we're part of fighting, not just for our families, and we'll speak about that, not just for our salvation and our destiny, we'll speak about that, but we are part of fighting for the militant area. Did you know that? That God has placed you for a purpose in this community because he could think of no one better than you to fight the great battle to win this part of the city for Jesus. He's placed you for a purpose, and my whole goal for today, I've got I've got an agenda. It's three points. It's real simple. There's a battle. You have a place, and the cost is worth it. There's a battle. You have a place, and the cost is worth it. And so what I'm hoping that would happen today is that you would allow the Holy Spirit to speak. I know that the speakers carry my voice and the, you know, the camera, my image to your eyes and ears, but only His Spirit carries His Word to your heart. And He'll be knocking on the, heart, on the door of your heart maybe all morning, but you need to make a decision to allow Him to speak. And allow him, he says, if you let me in, if you let me in, I'll be with you and you'll be with me. And you know, we haven't come to church to go through a program, hey. We've come to church to engage with our living Savior. We've come to church to hear the word of God, that we may run like a herald of the good news. So let the whole world know, the world's in darkness, isn't it? You can take a look at what's happening. They need the light. They need you. Someone else that's not here needs you to run with what God is saying in your life. And so I want to ask you to maybe just for a moment... Uh, lean in with me and ask God to speak to you today. Like, ask Him. Don't just hear someone else ask Him. Ask Him for yourself. Say, Lord, won't you speak to me today? Because I really am listening. Like, I really am paying attention to what you would have say to me for my family, for my friends, for this community, being part of this family of faith, our next season as a church. It's not the church that's moving forward. It's not the church that's going, no, no, we are the church. We are moving forward. We are stepping together in the new season. God doesn't anoint a program, He anoints a people. And the anointing of God is on your life as you become part of His body. And if this is your first time with us, please come back next week. It gets better. Online, if you haven't been with us yet, join us in person. It's better together. Wouldn't you agree it's better together? Absolutely, it's better in the building. So come on, let's pray together. Let's ask God to speak to us today. Jesus, we thank you that you inhabit the praises of your people. And even as we've come before you and lifted your name higher, I pray that you would be in this moment, that you would speak clearly, we would hear with great clarity, and then run with what you say. Jesus, I lift up every person right now who's going through a personal battle that feels like it's over their head, but God, it's still under your feet. Thank you, Jesus, that nothing is greater than you. You are the king of kings. And and God, anyone feeling anxious or deferred or disheartened right now, God, I pray that in your presence they would be strengthened, 
they'd be encouraged, they'd have hope, they would see that the best is yet to come, not because we're great, because we're good, because you're faithful. And God, I pray we draw great strength, as the Bible says, encourage one another, love one another, build each other up. I pray in these brief moments we get to share together today that we would do just that in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Well, uh, let's start out with uh, there's a battle. There is a battle. How much time have I got? Two, maybe three hours? Welcome to church. If this is going to be the final stand, I promise you we're going to make a count. Lock the doors. Lunch is over. Amen. There's a battle. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. But against the evil rulers and authorities of this unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world. And against evil spirits in heavenly places. Now I just want to put a quick disclaimer over here. Um, that there is not a devil behind every bush. There isn't a demon behind every bush, but there, there is an enemy. There is an enemy. So it's, not, it's not the wrath of God. It's not always the plans of the enemy. Maybe it's just a consequence of bad decision. Can I say that now? Sometimes it's just, I say dormus. Then I don't know. Like, just don't, does it hurt when you do that? Don't do that. Like, anyone else? Can I get an amen in the comment section? Just, Sometimes, it's not the wrath of God, it's not the plan of the enemy. Sometimes, disclaimer, it's just bad decisions. Consequences of bad decisions. However, there is an enemy. There is an adversary. Did you know there's someone that doesn't want you to flourish? There's an adversary to your soul. The Bible calls him the father of lies. Deceit is his native language. He cannot tell the truth. He cannot tell the truth of your life, of your family's life, of your children's lives. He can only speak in the language of lie. He's the deceiver, and then he's the accuser. He deceives you into thinking there's no battle, and then he accuses you that you didn't fight any war. He's a deceiver. He deceives you. He puts bait out there. He lulls you into a false sense of security. You know the best way to keep someone in prison is to make them think they're free? And so if we don't realize that we're in a battle for this part of the city, we're in the battle for our friends and family, we'll become complacent. What battle? There's a battle. The Bible continues to say in 1 Peter chapter 5, can I get an amen? Amen. Spiritualist, that was a strong amen. The louder you amen, the quicker I preach, can I get an amen? Amen. Not that loud, just take it down. That was a bit too loud. Hectic. 1 Peter 5 from 8 to 9 says, be well balanced. So don't be like there's a demon behind every bush and don't be like there's no demons at all. Be well balanced. It says, be always alert. Understand what's happening. The unseen. Because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly. That means without stopping. He's never, as Jason would say, he's never had a moment of, ah, shame. Shame, they've had a tough day. Oh, shame, they had a lot more traffic today. Ah, shame, let's just leave them. No, no, he's never had ah, shame. He roams around incessantly with three things, to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, we're not moving by fear because we have the victory in Jesus Christ. But we know that he has an agenda, the enemy as well. He doesn't want to see your kids move forward. He doesn't want to see your business grow. He doesn't want to see peace in your home. He doesn't want to see you move forward in Jesus' name. So he's looking around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Take a decisive stand. That means you need to make a decision. You can't just, you know, drift into making a decisive decision. You need to make a stand. Make a decisive stand against him and resist every attack with what? Strong and vigorous faith. How do you build strong and vigorous faith? Hearing faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why we have devotions. 
That's why we have small groups. That's why we come together on Sunday, so that our faith can become vigorous and we can take a stand. Amen? Says so stand against him. For you know that believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kind of troubles you are. There's a battle. And Jesus wants us to be aware that we are part of fighting this war. Too many soldiers act like civilians in this battle that we need to win Milton for Jesus. We absolutely do. There's someone else's salvation that's dependent on your obedience to go to war. And so I thought for a couple moments, let's take a look at an Old Testament account and draw some principles that we can apply to our own lives about how to go to battle. It's actually getting pretty warm in here, so I'm going to take my jacket off. I just thought I'd just let you know. Speaking of CrossFit, <laughs> come on now, tell the truth and shame the devil. Kelly, I'm coming home. Put that in the comment section, Kelly, I'm coming home. I'm joking, don't. But if you want to, tag her. You're getting distracted. Let's get focused over here. We need to leave a legacy in Jesus' name. Here we go. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 from 15 to 17. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's about to get better. It's about to get better. It says that he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, which I think his name was just Joe, but he put on some weights. So it was like, Joe, so fat. Anyway, that's how I read my word. King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judea, Judah rather, Jerusalem, and at View Church Milnerton for this last Sunday. He says, this is what the Lord says to you. Look to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. He's not talking to me. He's talking to you. This is what the Lord says. He says, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. There's an army. It's not like a, there's a real army that's vast, which means more than you, greater than you, stronger than you. It seems like it's overwhelming. Don't be discouraged or afraid for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing by the pass of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the gorge of the desert of Jeru. You will not have to fight this battle. So I'm thinking, geez, there's this vast army, the situation I'm facing at home or at work, this relational disconnect. It seems like finances are just not there. It seems like there's just one thing after the other. There's a battle. And it just seems like, a, it seems so vast. Says, don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. This is not your battle. This is the Lord's. So oh, thank you, Jesus. That's your battle. But then he says the next day, but you still need to march. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you said I don't need to fight. No, 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 you still, you, but if I'm going to have to fight, it's like someone says, you know, there's this guy after school, we're going to go meet him at the rugby field with his friends, but don't worry, you won't have to fight. I'm like, then why do I have to come? Like, I'm not, a, I'm not a, like a great fighter. Like, it looks like I can do stuff. I can't do stuff. Other people can do stuff. The Lord says, this is not your battle, but you still need to march. Continues to say, take up your positions and stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you Judah and Jerusalem and View Church Milton for the last Sunday, first morning service. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. So he will fight for you, but we still need to march. We still need to stand. We still need to take up our positions. I want to let you know there's a battle, and you have a place. You have a place. God has placed you for a purpose. Don't allow complacency to think that everything will be fine if you don't take part. It'll just be as a sarah, sarah, like it'll just be as, as it should be. It should, no, it won't. Your decisions make absolutely the difference. 
One person's decision made the difference in my life. Continually serving the next generation, I'm a product of that. He made a decision. If he had not decided, I don't know if I would have been reached. If, I don't, if you don't decide to be part of the body, be part of the battle, and say, I'm going to take a stand in my family. I'm going to take a stand in my business. I'm going to take a stand, and I'm going to be the light. If I, don't, if I don't know there's a battle, I promise you, I won't go to war. I won't be prepared. I'll just I'll drift in and drift out. I can drift in here and drift out there. But there's a battle, and you have a place. He says, I will fight on your behalf, but you still need to take a stand. You still need to have vigorous faith. You still need to say, Lord, what do you want me to do in this part of the field? What do you want me to do? There's a battle, and you have a place. It says, go face them tomorrow. I've come to find that, you know, the battle is the Lord's, but you still need to face the enemy. The battle is the Lord's, but you still need to face the enemy. You can't just ignore what's happening in your marriage and say, the battle's the Lord's. Sort him out. Sort her out. No, you need to face what's happening in your home. You can't say, oh, finances, you know, it's just, it's just crazy, but it belongs to you, Lord. Yes, it does, but you still need to face what's happening. You need to face it. You cannot change what you do not confront. I'm reminded of Elisha. He's on his deathbed. The guy's sick, and the king comes to him, and the king's stressing because that's how you heard from God. You had a mouthpiece. You had a prophet. You have many over here, amazing people. How you hear from the word of God? Well, obviously, we know these days God's given us his word, but back then, they didn't have the word of God, so they had Elisha. Elisha's about to die. The king's saying, like, how am I going to hear God's voice for myself and for our kingdom? So he goes to the bedside and says, Elisha, what's happening? You can hear the stress in his voice as you read it through the text. And Elisha says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to face out the east window towards the enemy and fire arrows in his direction, arrows of victory towards him. He says, you still need to face him, but then you fire arrows of victory. I want to say, you still need to face what you're dealing with. You can't ignore it. Oh, it's just going to get better. Oh, no, things will just sort out. No, the community will just get saved. No, no, my family will change. No, the finances will get better. No, the marriage will be fine. We haven't had a fight in three weeks, so we want to come on. No, no, I need to face the enemy. It belongs to the Lord, but I still need to march. I still need to stand. You have a place. You have a purpose to take ground for the kingdom of God. We do that in different ways. But the Bible says that we need to face and go down, march and stand. It goes on to say in verse 18, Jehoshaphat, Joe, so fat, bow down. After a long while, he's like, eh, not joking. Sorry. Come back next week. Bowed down with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem and View Church, Mulleton, for the, first, for the last time, first service, fell down in worship before the Lord. Then the Levites from the Kerthites and the Kerarites and the Mosquito Bites, Stood up and praised the Lord. That's always going to be a good one. I mean, Graham just put that in us. I mean, we heard that joke every week since I was 16 years old. So about five years now, I've been hearing that. <laughs> Myself and Erwin, let's go. Forever young. Amen. He says, stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Guys, nothing has changed. It doesn't say the enemy has been defeated. It doesn't say they've moved back. They haven't had a change of heart. The guy saying, Papa Vachlio is still there. Like he's, like he's still there. Like just think about this. All, it's a vast army. Papa Vachlio is still there. And they're praising God. Nothing has changed in the physical other than them hearing God's word. They've received the word of God. And all of a sudden you get this bold confidence. No, no, I've heard from my God. I've heard from my creator. I've heard from my father. The father's voice is powerful. When you hear the father's voice, you get confident. You get peace. You get a surety. 
there's, there's a settledness when you hear your father's voice. They heard their father's voice in the midst of battle, and all of a sudden there's confidence. This is, nothing has changed. The enemy is still there, but they cry out to God, and they worship him. Watch this. It says in, in uh, verse 20, early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God, and he will... Uh, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. I don't know, the worship team, you guys are going to be in the front when there's a battle. So, good luck. I'm just, I serve coffee, so I'm at the back. Amen. I'm joking. Coffee's right up there with worship. Amen. But I see that praise and worship goes ahead of my battle. The worship team was in front. Said, give thanks to the Lord. Watch this in verse 22. And as they began to sing and praise, not before they began to sing and praise, but because they began to sing and praise. It says, the Lord set out ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah. And the Bible says what? And they were defeated. And they were defeated. There's a battle you have a place, and the cost, it's totally worth it. As they began to praise God in the midst of their trouble, as you serve, it's in the trusting, believing, the serving, the giving, the stretching, the walking. As we walk with Jesus and do what we can, what he's called us to do, my part in the body, I can't be the hand, the foot, the eye, and the ear. I might only be an ear, but that's okay. I'm going to be the best listener ever. But whatever part he's called you to play, hear me when I say this, you have a place. You have a place. Don't allow the enemy to think, oh, well, it's just Sarah, Sarah. No, God has placed you for a purpose. Our community needs you to take up your place. Your family needs you to take up your place. The deceiver will not tell you there's no God. The deceiver will tell you there's no devil. You'll say there's no devil, there's no consequence. There's no bad, there's not, no, 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 there's only, if all good, good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. And the only way that we receive forgiveness through Jesus, we have him. People need him. God needs, he wants you, encouraging you to take your place. There's a real battle. You have a place and the cost is totally worth it. They are defeated. It goes on to say, then led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem for the Lord had given them a cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. Where'd they go? They went to church. They went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres and trumpets, what we got here today. The fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. The team can come join me on stage. His God had given him rest on every side. What an amazing, amazing truth that we see in the battle over here. We see that there's an enemy. We see that there's God's people. We see that there's a battle. We see that there's a place. We see that there's a cost. We have to choose to pay that price. But then we see there's a victory. Who would want peace? Who else wants peace on every side? Anyone else? Raise your hand. Online, raise your hand. God sees that hand. If they're not raising their hand, Lord, I'll take their peace. Amen. <laughs> you think I'm joking? I'll pray that prayer. I'll take their peace, Lord. If they don't want it, I'll take a piece of their peace. Peace I give you. Peace I leave with you. Amen. If you don't want it, I'll take an extra portion. I'll come back for seconds and thirds. I want peace on every side. 
when they went to the Lord, they took up their position, they had peace on every side. I want the peace on every side. What a great victory to have peace on every side. But the greatest victory wasn't that they had peace on every side. The greatest victory was that the surrounding areas all said they came in reverent, became reverently fearful of the Lord. They understood this reverent fear was how awesome God is because how faithful He's been to God's people. You know, people are quite bursts. I don't know if you know that. Bursts is inquisitive, but that's a, not a correct translation. I don't know how you translate that into English, but, but they're watching. They're looking on the outside to see what God's people are doing on the inside. I want people to look at our lives and think, wow, not how great they are, but how great their God is. In the ups and the downs, the ins and the outs, not because our life is perfect, but because He is faithful to say, wow, that's truly a God that I can serve. Wow, the greatest victory wasn't that they just received peace. The greatest victory is that other people got saved. As we take up our positions, we understand there's a real battle. There's a place for me to, there's a part for me to play. And the price is worth it. Other people get saved. You know why we pack our chairs? I don't care about pack. I don't care about the chair. I care about someone who sits in the chair. You know why we get here early and we leave late? You know why we give and we sacrifice and we trust and we serve? Because someone else's eternity is on the back end of us saying, you know what, I'm going to continue to stand firm with vigorous faith. Because the victory is not just for me. I need to fight for someone else. I find my greatest freedom, not fighting for my own victory, but fighting for the victory of someone else. That's when I find my greatest freedom. I'm saying, you know what, day after day, week after week, as just rocking up, Service after service, how we will look back on a life well spent in light of others' victory. Well spent. A life serving the Lord is a life well spent. God's called you to, to spend your life for Him as He spends His life for you. As we go into this new season, I want to say you've got a part to play. You know, I was reminded, how much time do I have? It's supposed to be 25 minutes. 30. Oh, come on, Jesus. We're going to go. We're going to go. Turn to your name and say, we're going to go. Not now, just now. We're going just now. But I was reminded, on my last Zambia trip, um, I was engaged to Kelly and at that stage, so I was, you know, I put down the deposit, but I still need to take occupation. Daddy's coming home. Um, I hope she watches the service. I was around on the last Zambia trip. We went on, you get the last two days and you sort of do an R&R, you know, kind of rest and relaxation vibes. And we went on the safari trip. I think I've seen this before. And there was this guy named Bonnie. Bonnie was amazing. Bonnie was the fun, is the funniest guy I've ever met in my life. Second to Ivan. Second, only second. Ivan's up there. You're number one. Yay, lady bester. Um, but Bonnie is just, you know, those guys, you just like, you just look at him, you just laugh. You got any of those friends? Where it's just, <laughs> just this guy just said, good afternoon. Look at this. Look at this just greeted you anyway but he just you know and Bonnie's talking and he's just hilarious and he's talking about uh, you know the buffalo and the warthog and the no 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 and the lion and the, no, no, no. I was like and the lion he's like yeah yeah and the lions and you know the lions are hectic I'm like oh crazy I'm like Bonnie where do you live he says we were in the reserve he says I live here in the reserve I said okay but in the reserve is also the lion <laughs> like you live here but, but there's gates he's like no there's no gates I'm not the smartest guy, Bonnie, but tell me, okay, if you live with no gates and lions and people, lions could eat people, like what do you do with the lions? Like, oh no, it's bad, eh? The lion, when he come, the other night, this was a couple of years ago, he said, my cousin, I don't know if he is preaching or telling the truth, I don't know, he was like, maybe stretching a bit, no, I'm joking, preaching is telling the truth. Um, he's like, I was so thirsty the other night, my we, we, we um, pulled straws and my cousin had to go get water from the, from the river and he never came back. I was like, 
I said, Bonnie, I'm so sorry. That's terrible. He's like, I know. I was so thirsty. I'm like, what? He says, guys, I'm crying. It was so cold that morning, like little icicles, like snort. It was just like, oh, well, I didn't have breakfast. Um, guys, it was like, a, he was so funny. I was like crying. I'm like, what do you do with the lions? He's like, well, when the lions eat someone, then we go hunt the man-eater. And you know what we do is we get someone to go strike the lion, and then they run. And then when they run past the bush, we assegai the lion. I think he was, I don't know if he was telling the truth, but maybe. And I, you assegai the lion, then we kill the lion. I'm like, oh, my hat, that's hectic. How do you choose the guy who goes to go strike the lion? I'm like, hey, no, it's your turn. Go strike the lion. I'm like, what if you miss? Then he's like, I'm like, what? Anyway, he's like, I'm like, how do you choose the guy to go strike the lion? He says, the guy who sleeps with everyone else's wives. <laughs> I'm like, we choose him to go strike the lion. I'm like, my hat. I'm like, Bonnie, have you ever struck the lion? He's like, I tell no lies. I struck the lion three times in my life. I'm like, I said, Bonnie, you need the Lord. You need to repent. Stop the car right now. I'm I should have done that. I didn't. I was just laughing so hard. I'm like, this guy's hilarious. Anyway, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so that's pretty dangerous. Like, but don't worry about the lions. I'm like, I'm pretty worried about the lions. You should be too. Don't worry about the lions. They only kill a couple people. He says, but the snake, he kills lots, lots, lots more people than any lion. The snake. You see, you hear the lion, but you don't hear the snake. The snake comes in and he, and he bites people while you sleep and then you die. I said, that's hectic. But that's so true of the enemy. We see overt evil. That's like the, we can hear the Ryan like roaring of overt abuse and evil and injustice. But that's not who kills the most people. It's the snake that you don't hear. The snake of complacency. The snake of mediocrity. The snake of I don't have a place. The snake of they don't need me. The snake of I don't have anything to bring. That snake will bite most Christians and most Christians will just, they won't die because of the lion. They step back because of the snake. I want to say don't let the snake slither into your house and think, ah, I can step back in the season. It'll be fine. No, no, no. I want to say that you've got a place. There's a real battle. You have a place, and there will be a price, but it's totally worth it. Can I pray for us as a church today? Come on, I want to pray for us this morning.